0: This life study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In chapter one of his first epistle, Peter contrasts our former way of living or literally our manner of life, which was vain, with our present manner of life, which should be holy. Vain, of course, means empty, without meaning. While all of us must surely confess that our life before we were regenerated was characterized by sin, but Peter points out that even more, our life was vain, empty, and without purpose. Yet we have been called to a holy manner of life. Do not be fashioned, Peter writes, according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but according to the Holy One who called you. You yourselves also be holy in all your manner of life. How can we have such a living, such a manner of life that becomes holy? Well, Peter's further word in this chapter becomes a very great help to us. John Pester has joined us today for fellowship. John, I love this program. I love the message. I'm not sure how much grace we'll have to adequately convey it, but the thought here is truly marvelous, isn't it?
1: The thought is marvelous, and the thought is very deep. It points us in this book speaks of our need to have a Christian life under the government of God. And a Christian life that is under the government of God is a Christian life that it has a holy manner of living. It's a living that is without mixture, without defect. It is perfect. It is according to the eternal life of the, and the divine nature of the triune God and it is available to us because of the redemption of Christ, and it's accessible to us because of the precious blood of Christ. We have access to this life because of Christ's redemption through his precious blood, and Peter points us to this. Many Christians regard redemption as something in the past, but Peter refocuses us on Christ's redemption and the preciousness of his blood so that we would not have a vain manner of living in this age in our life right now as Christians. And I know many, many Christians wonder, how can I have a holy living? You can have a holy living because of the provisions of Christ's redemption through his precious blood.
0: Yeah, that's really uh, the focus. Peter is going to bring up redemption here in the coming verses that we'll read. But it's sandwiched in between the former manner of life and what should be our present manner of life. So it it really is uh, related not just to the forgiveness that we received at the time we accepted Christ, not just uh, related to the eternal record of sin that was dealt with once for all by the shedding of His blood on the cross. But it really becomes part of our daily living, doesn't it?
1: If we view redemption just as an event in the past that, took care of our sins, and wiped out our sin record before God, and now we can come to God. That's a rather shallow understanding of redemption. There is an aspect of redemption that relates to taking us out of our vain manner of living, and that vain manner of living wasn't just present in the past. It's possible to be present with us today. We can be Christians living a vain life if we don't have a deep understanding of the purpose of God, and we don't have a deep realization that our access into that purpose is through the precious blood of Christ.
0: Well, let's uh, look at these other verses. That was verse 15, where Peter referred to the holy manner of life that should be characteristic of our living today. But in verses 17 and 18, he says, and if you call as father, the one who without respect of persons judges according to each one's work, pass the time of your sojourning in fear, knowing that it was not with corruptible things, with silver or gold that you were redeemed from your vain manner of life handed down from your fathers. And John, you made reference to uh, the understanding of this word redeemed. Uh, Like so many spiritual terms, so many biblical terms, it gets somewhat uh, common, uh, cliche, uh, and we lose our sensitivity and our appreciation for really what is at the depths of these rich words that are given to us in Scripture. I think Witness Lee will help rekindle a proper sensitivity in this message just ahead. I think so. Let's go to Witness Lee
2: now. We need Such a deep realization of the redemption of Christ. Today, many Christians are living a loose life. The life is altogether loose. Why? Because their understanding of Christ's redemption is shallow. It's very, very shallow. But here, Peter's talk is different. Today, too many precious biblical terms which are so important, so crucial, all became what? Common. Rather, I would say, spoiled. Spoiled. When you read such a word, "redeem," you don't have any sensation within. But Peter, when he wrote this, I tell you, he, should. Be full of feeling. We were falling into a situation just like we were pieces of cargo in a dirty market. And the dirty market is just the vain manner of life. We were dirty pieces on the worldly market. The entire society, it's a dirty market, and we were there. But Christ purchased us, bought us. He paid high price to get us. You have to realize, Satan would not let us go. He would not release us. So Christ paid a high price. Not only so, eventually, he died on the cross, and he shed his blood. And this blood is the most precious blood.
0: John, we're going to come back to really focus on the preciousness of the blood in the portions ahead. But I'd like to spend a minute talking a little bit about Peter and to him how valuable this blood must have been because Peter's background is one I think all of us are maybe a little bit familiar with and certainly one that we can all identify with and we see a lot of ourselves in Peter and so he had a lot to appreciate didn't he in terms of the effectiveness and the preciousness of this blood.
1: I think in reality we're all Peter. Yeah. Uh, Given an opportunity to stand and speak for the Lord we often deny the Lord and when we deny the Lord sometimes we inwardly feel that piercing gaze of the Lord that condemning us for our lack of faith for our unwillingness to follow the Lord wherever he goes and so Peter had this deep realization of failure But he also had a deep appreciation for the preciousness of the Lord's redemption. He realized that all of his sins, his transgressions, his failures had been covered by the precious blood of Christ through Christ's death on the cross. But Peter also had a realization that he was a vain man, that he had traditions handed down from his fathers that he was living in and according to, and they were vain. They did not fulfill the purpose of God. And he had a deep realization, and he was conveying this in this chapter in Peter, that we have not only been redeemed from our failures, which he was surely appreciative of, but he was even more appreciative, I think, that he had been delivered from his vain manner of life. The reason why he denied the Lord is because he had a whole living and a whole history of vanity. He had no conception, no reality, no realization of the purpose of God. And all of his thoughts were focused and centered on himself and he realized through the redemption of christ and he presents this to the jewish believers and to all christians that we can have a holy living a holy manner of life because we have been redeemed from that vanity the things that were holding us back that had to be dealt with by christ on the cross have been dealt with but they continue to deal with the things that hold us back and that's primarily our vain manner of life. We have to be Christians who are so conscious and so sensitive to how we are living our life in this age, in the time of our sojourning here on the earth. It's not enough to be a redeemed Christian, a regenerated right. Christian. We have to be Christians who live according to the divine purpose. And in order to do that, we need the preciousness of the blood.
0: I want to underscore the point you've made because I think it is such a good one. We all may have our moment of denial, the thing that just pierces our heart personally that we consider uh, when we think about all that the Lord has uh, delivered us from, saved us from. But more than that, in Peter's case, as you just pointed out, his appreciation was based on the fact he'd been delivered not just from the time that he failed the Lord when the test was on, but his whole manner of life, his whole manner of living, even his whole manner of serving God in a vain way. Right. in a way that was absent real meaning, real purpose. As you said, living in the tradition of his fathers and counting that as being probably adequate. Uh, but really, in the realization he brings us to here, he sees that much more than that now, doesn't he?
1: Yes, he does. And that's what's so striking about this particular portion is that he points us to the ongoing and future redemptive aspects of the precious blood of Christ because without that we would just as quickly fall back into our former manner of life, the vanity Mm -hmm. of what we were before we received the Lord. And this is the predicament of many, many Christians. They have received the Lord, but they have fallen back into their vain manner of life, not even realizing that it's that vain manner of life. As much as their sins that are holding them back from going on with the Lord and having a proper Christian life under the government of God.
0: Let me read that portion again in verse 18 and then add verse 19 as we get uh, ready to go back to Witness Lee for this next section. Knowing, he said, that it was not with corruptible things, with silver or gold, that you were redeemed from your vain manner of life, handed down from your fathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot,
2: the blood of Christ when he died on the cross yes he died there I say man yet God got involved no human word can explain this is why his blood is unique no other blood can redeem us only his he is a, a unique person so his blood is precious And the Bible tells us his blood today still speaks for us in the heavens. Knowing this, knowing that you were redeemed not with corruptible things, with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb, without blemish, without spot, Blemish is term used for precious stones. Sometimes a piece of precious stone has a little mixture, foreign body, mixed in it. And that becomes a blemish to that pretty gem. Have you got it? Among all the human beings, Within these six thousand years, there has only been one man without any mixture, without blemish. That is Jesus. You all know he spent the last six days before he died in Jerusalem. He was there examined by God's people. The Pharisees, Sadducees, the scribes, the elders, the priests, they all surrounded him to find the fault. According to their law, Jewish law, that's the scripture. They didn't find any fault. So they handed over Jesus to Pilate and the Roman rulers. And the Roman rulers didn't find any fault according to the Roman law. So you see According to the divine law, according to the secular law, they did their best to examine this Lamb of God. They didn't find out any mixture. They didn't find out any spots. No. So you see, Peter's word referred to the Old Testament typology. Now, this is the real Passover Lamb.
0: You have to uh, appreciate Peter's uh, realization of who he was speaking to here, don't you, John, to really get into the depths of this?
1: He was speaking to a Jewish audience primarily, and he was presenting Christ as the fulfillment of the typology of the Passover lamb. When he speaks about the precious blood, there's some very important words in these verses. The first important word is blood itself. In order for there to be redemption, there has to be blood. Blood has to be shed. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. This shows that God was incarnated as a man. Then this blood is not like the corruptible things of gold and silver. This means that there's a divine element involved in this blood, which means God was involved. God, the divine life and nature of God, was involved and mingled into this blood And then it's the blood of a lamb. And this shows that it's not precious because it's valuable like gold and silver. It's not the monetary value that makes it precious. It's much higher than that. It's the organic value because a lamb is an organic being. And this means that the divine life of God was involved in the shedding of the Lord's blood. There's a divine element in this blood which makes his blood satisfies God's righteous requirement, and it makes it eternally efficacious to us. And so Peter presents Christ as the fulfillment of this Passover lamb, and he does it in such a way, I appreciate how he says it, without spot or blemish. And this points to the examination that Christ underwent prior to his crucifixion. For six days he's examined by the priests and the politicians The most judgmental people that you can find on the face of the earth will be politicians and religious people because their whole living is involved with judgment. And these people wanted to find fault with Christ, yet they could not find fault with him which shows that he is a spotless lamb whose blood really does satisfy God and eternally speaks for us and covers us and enables us to have a holy living that's under the government of God.
0: This inspection process or examination process is really critical isn't it as it was really preparatory to the offering of the blood on the cross where he was judged by God as a substitute for all of us so this blood had to be proven before he uh, even ascends to the cross. And man's law, uh, you know, the secular law could find no fault. Neither could the religious ones, according to God's Old Testament law. He passes the ultimate test here, doesn't he, proving that uniquely he was qualified.
1: In the Old Testament topology, before the Passover lamb could be offered, it had to be inspected by the chief priests and determined to be without spot or blemish. And so the examination, so to speak, that the Lord underwent prior to his death on the cross there during the Passover was a fulfillment of that type. So our Lord fully passed the test. He fully is qualified to be the Passover lamb.
0: Hmm. Uh, I think it's underscored. We're going to pick a verse out of uh, the Gospel of John here um, uh, as we go to our last section. John eighteen thirty eight. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And having said this, he again went out to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him. Striking. Here's Witness Lee.
2: He shed his blood, and this blood is precious. You were redeemed of this. We all have to know this. Try to spend one hour time just by yourself with the Lord to consider the precious blood of such a Jesus said for you on the cross. I assure you, if you would do this, this will cause you to live a manner of life so holy in fear. To become holy in the manner of life and to pass your time of the rest in fear needs you to realize that you were redeemed with such a precious blood. This realization will cause you to live a holy manner of life because his precious blood has redeemed us from the vain manner of life. And you will no more live any kind of vain life. Sometimes, a kind of vain life, maybe not so sinful. Even maybe kind of moral. Yet, it is vain. No goal, no aim, no purpose. Just vain. It's vanity. Now, we would live a life without any vanity. Whatever we do, whatever we say, there is a goal. There's an aim with a purpose. And this is a life so weighty. A life with contents, with weight, with purpose, and with a goal, with an aim. Well, we need to spend time to consider to consider the Lord's precious book. This is Peter.
0: John, we made reference to this earlier, uh, but I think it's a a good point to come back to as we close today. Not enough that our life would be clear of sin, even, or moral, but Peter clearly is pointing us to a life that's full of purpose, isn't he?
1: Peter speaks of the preciousness of the Lord's blood in relationship to the vanity of our former manner of living, a vanity which is so strong, so powerful, so encompassing in our daily living that it... Completely takes us out of God's purpose and the precious blood of Christ was necessary to redeem us from that vain manner of life without the precious blood of Christ we would still be in that vain manner of living it is a strong tug on our daily living the vanity of our former living and the way the redemption of Christ operates is it brings us out of that vanity into purpose And the purpose that it brings us into is not just any purpose. Many people think, what is God's purpose for my life? I just have to have a purpose. If I have a goal, if I have an aim, I'm okay. The reason I have problems is because I don't have a goal and I don't have an aim. I just need to get a goal. That is not what Peter's talking about. Peter is talking about the purpose, the divine purpose, and he spells it out in the subsequent verses. We need to be people who are tasting to see that the Lord is good, growing in the divine life that we have received. We need to be people who are being transformed into living stones to be built up into a spiritual house to contain and express and tell out the virtues of the one who has called us into this marvelous grace. And That is the life that is not vain. We can have a life that is moral. We can have a life that's ethical. But if we're not in this way, if we're not people who are coming to the Lord, tasting the Lord, contacting the Lord, growing in the grace, maturing from being babes into those that have a deeper spiritual understanding and a deeper spiritual realization and a deeper spiritual building with others, then our manner of life is still vain. We have to be people who access, contact the Lord, realize the power of the divine life operating in our daily living, and come into a process where we're being transformed and built up into a spiritual house. If we don't have this, then whatever purpose we think we have, it's still vanity. And in order to get out of that vain manner of life, we need the precious blood of Christ. May the Lord's blood cover us all the days of our life, daily, hourly, minutely, as we seek the Lord, as we look to the Lord, so that... Our lives could be lives of purpose and meaning according to the divine will, the divine purpose.
0: Great answer to the question, what's God's purpose for my life? I think uh, Peter gives it to us, doesn't he? He does. He really spells it out. And that's coming in the programs that are ahead in this life study. John, I want to say uh, I'm uh, motivated after hearing this again. I've heard it now two or three times. Still, I like to take the printed life study, go out by myself for an hour. Read it carefully and prayerfully with the Word of God open and look at these verses and let the Lord shine in again to deepen my appreciation for the preciousness of His blood and the real meaning of His redemption. And I think all our listeners could benefit by a similar exercise.
1: I do appreciate that practical word. If we would just take these verses and consider them for an hour to have a deeper realization, of the power of the Lord's blood and the preciousness of his blood, it would have a transforming aspect to our daily living.
0: really would. Well, we hope you'll, uh, you'll take that exhortation, and uh, by the Lord's mercy that we would all have such a time. For John Pester, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening today.
1: Receive us into thy wise hands.
0: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker Watchman Nee, as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70 plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible but they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life again this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org if you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today email us radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.